Bitter Pill are committed to producing new writing until theatres in the UK reopen. Through the Painkiller Project, we're open for submissions once a month and are producing two plays from each submission window. If you enjoy the play you're about to hear and you'd like to support the continuation of the project, please consider pledging to our Patreon to make a donation that will be repeated each time a new play is released. Alternatively, you can make a one-off donation through paypal.me. Any donation made would mean the world to us. For more information, follow the links in the description of this podcast. And now the Painkiller Project presents... Moderation. A social media moderator is forced to view thousands of graphic images every day. At a toddler's birthday party, she finds herself plagued by intrusive thoughts. We hope you like it. Penis. Beheading. Erect penis. Dead cat. Gay couple. Burn victim. Nipples. 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 The words sensitive content cover all manner of sins. Sex. Violence. Gender non-conforming children. It takes most moderators an average of six seconds to decide if a flagged post should be taken down. My average is 1.2. I speed-read hate speech. I know my female nipples from my acceptable nipples and I can make mutilated corpses disappear with a click of my fingers. But every so often you get a funny one. Somebody's dad having a midlife crisis. Bought a GoPro off eBay, set it up in his nice ensuite so he can go live to 80k viewers as he holds a gun to his wife's head. Seems like an obvious suspension. But what if it's a parody or performance art? One false move and my accuracy score plummets. So you've got to watch the whole thing. My manager always says, be patient, wait and see. He shoots her and I suspend his account. No harm done. Don't fancy three bean chilli after that. So lunch is a hit of weird Jamie's weed pen in the car park. There's a long-arse queue for the lose because some pussy is crying into one of the only two stalls. It's stupid enough applying for this job if you can't hack it, but wasting everyone else's break is just rude. As I'm pissing, Weepy's hand appears under the dividing wall, and she asks me to pass her some toilet paper. Stab wound. Stab wound. Stab wound. I wipe and pass her the wad. GDPR says we've got to keep our phones in our lockers, so now I only have three minutes left to check my messages. Jamie's sent an offensive joke to the Office Offensive Joke group chat. It goes like this. Not really my sense of humour. One time I told Jamie he had a small penis, and he said I'd crossed a line. Robbins texted me too. Hey baby, Bobby's birthday party this afternoon. I want you to meet him. Child pornography. Child pornography. Child pornography. Child pornography. Child pornography. Sure. I'll be there. I'm wading through a slew of dick pics and wondering how I'm going to sustain conversation with a five-year-old when my manager appears. Good accuracy this week. Think you want to have a go on the machine? How about tomorrow you come give it a lesson? The machine is a moderation AI that the company are developing. It's going to make all us fallible flesh blobs redundant. 9-11. Sure, I'll be there. We get an extra nine minutes of wellness time every day. 
So every day at 3 p.m. I go to the breastfeeding room to fuck Jamie. I'd worry about getting caught if everyone else wasn't at it too. In the store cupboards, in the stairwells, even under desks. Self-care is so important. But if I'm going to be a stepmom, I should probably stop letting Jamie finger me on the nappy changing table. Jamie's already got his dick out when I tell him it's over. He's cool about it. And the only way guys can be cool about you not fucking them. Good for you, he says. But his smile says, you'll be back. I ignore it because I am now a responsible adult. Jamie ruffles my hair. Box of dead puppies. Box of dead puppies. I keep doing that. Thinking the wrong stuff at the wrong time. My brain is a kid on an airplane yelling, BOMB! You know he's not serious, but the stewardess has to kick him off anyway. On the bus to Robin's house, a guy with a walking stick gets on, and I think, elder abuse. When I arrive at the party, Robin kisses me, and I think, fuck machine. She steers me into a living room full of dribbling, hooting, staggering children, and I think, mass grave. I'm of equidistant age to Robin and her son Bobby, but despite probably having more in common with him than her, it turns out he does not want to meet me. He screams right in my face and tells me to leave him alone, like I'm the school bully or something. I do kind of want to punch him. Robin pulls me away from Duck Duck Goose and towards the grown-up circle in the kitchen. Her friends are all very welcoming, but I can see their brains are flagging, lesbian, lesbian, childless lesbian. They warm up a bit when I tell them what I do. There is no social group more rabid for the morbidly fascinating than upper-middle-class mums. I start easy, with a little true crime, before segueing demurely into hardcore BDSM. The circle leans in, cocktails dripping onto coral-painted toes. How do you cope, looking at stuff like that every day? You get used to it. And I won't have to for much longer. They're building this moderation AI. A robot's taking your job. I don't care. I'm a communist. A communist who hasn't read any communist theory, Robin pipes up, but supplies it as an answer to any question about work. I think you mean labour. She tuts. You don't know anything about labour. She's right. My hands are very soft and my vagina is very tight. There's an awkward silence. I count six seconds. I can feel my score dropping. Hey, um, has anyone heard this one? Another six seconds. Someone suggests breaking out the piñata and everyone sprints to bludgeon a gay Mexican donkey. I look for a glass but there are too many drawers and the alcohol has been placed out of reach. So I give up and sneak out into the garden. Robin has a nice house. Sometimes I tell her it's the nicest house I've ever been in, just to see the class guilt flash across her face. To be fair to her, I think any house with more than one flight of stairs is posh. But Robin's house is a home. Until today, I've only visited when Bobby's at his dad's, and even in his absence, every room shouts, a child is loved here. 
all soft edges and bright colours. It feels perverted for me just to stand in it, let alone take a shit or fuck Robin. I notice Bobby on the climbing frame. He must have snuck out too, through the grown-up's legs. He looks like a kid in a car advert, all plump and unnervingly clean. Dangling upside down from the monkey bars, he notices me too. He stares at me as he swings from his knees. If he lets go at the wrong moment, he'll fly off and collide headfirst with the patio. Be patient. Wait and see. I say nothing, and a smirk creeps up Bobby's rosy cheeks, reminding me of Jamie. I've been caught out, like two kids in a trench coat. Then he giggles. I feel the thrilling rush of his approval, and then I am giggling too. And then he lets go. Bobby is screaming again. I can't stop laughing. The party bursts through the back door in paper crowns and pointed hats. The parents quickly shove their offspring back inside and descend on Bobby, fussing and smothering, cooing untrue, reassuring things. Bobby is still wailing. Infant in distress. Robin takes off her shirt and winds it around Bobby's skull. Public indecency. The shirt is turning red. Graphic injury. Robin catches my eye. I go back inside. In the kitchen, a girl is sobbing into her party horn. Great, pitiful honks. I discreetly take out my phone and send a video to the group chat. The next day, I go to the breastfeeding room at 3pm. Jamie is there. He says, how is the party? But his smile says, well, well, well. He asks me to pretend I don't want it. I ask if he wants me to scream and he says, yeah, but not too loud. He wraps his palm around my mouth and I scream. And I realise I'm quite good at this. And I don't think anything at all. The AI is called Lucy because, of course, she's a girl. I like the idea that I'm feeding her. I like being responsible for her nourishment, readying her for the world, a more perfect version of myself. I send her gang rapes and racism down an umbilical cord of data. She blinks into the daylight, covered in blood, babbling back at me. She flags a photo of a trans woman in office wear. She unflags a severed head. I just laugh. She'll get there. And when my work is done, she'll take my place. And I'll be free. I don't know what I'll do. This is all I know how to do. But that's how I know Lucy will be perfect. Moderation was written by Alice McKee and performed by Freya Naver. It was directed by Max Elton with sound design and music by Jack Baxter. Thank you for listening. This production is supported using public funding by the National Lottery through Arts Council England.